TII, item 452, December 20th, 2017, iOS 11.2.5, beta 2. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Gullet! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of whom I am. Today's episode is brought to you by StoryWorth. For $20 off, visit storyworth.com slash TII. Today's episode is sponsored by Texture. Go right now to texture.com slash TII to get your free trial. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and you are listening to the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Paul for sending in the artwork for today's show. Paul wrote the following. Hello, Rob. Here's a picture of the Apple Store in Omotsusanto, Tokyo, and I know I mutilated that. I took the picture with my iPhone 6 Plus and used the app text on photos and videos to put text in the name leaves nothing to the imagination at this time of year amato santo sando anyway i'm really bad with that uh which is a very upscale neighborhood is lit up for the holidays happy holidays paul from tokyo well thanks paul for sending this in and folks you can see the artwork in the free ti app via the bonus button for episode 452 or at instagram.com slash today in ios and also at facebook.com slash today in ios if you have some artwork and or music that you've created on your ios device that you would like to share with the audience please email me at today ios at gmail.com and please make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music and now into the news apple released ios 11.2.5 beta 2 to devs on the 19th, likely the last beta release of 2017 for iOS. Beta 2 comes one week after beta 1, and this beta, based on all the articles, is just focused on bug fixes and optimizations. Nothing exciting there. On the 19th, it was just for devs, but likely by the time you hear this, or pretty soon thereafter on the 20th, uh, it will be available for public beta testers as well. And it's pretty rare for Apple to release a single beta on a single day. And this day was not rare. Apple also released watchOS 4.2.2 beta 2. Again, just for devs. And again, it seems to be just about bug fixes and optimizations. No new features. Well, I guess a correction may be in order. Last time I talked about a report of a Reddit user that said when they changed out their battery that it caused their phone's performance to get better. I speculated that more likely this was just clearing the RAM and some rogue process or program that was running in the background in RAM. Well, Geekbench looked at the issue in more detail, and what they found for benchmark tests makes it look like something is likely going on. What they found when they looked at iPhone 6s for benchmark scores on iOS 10.2, almost all the devices were right at a score of 2,500. But for 10.2.1, there was this large group at 2,500 still, but then a significant group at 2,200, another significant group at 1,800, another group at 1,400, another group at 1,100. These significant groups coming out of nowhere from 10.2 to when 10.2.1 comes does clearly show something changed with 10.2.1. iOS 11.2 also shows a more significant, even more significant groups at those same benchmark scores. 
What this looks to indicate is Apple is checking on battery health and then reducing the CPU performance to reduce battery drain, which makes sense. Apple wants to help you extend battery life as your amount of charge drops. But the bad thing is that they did not let anyone know they're doing it. This is not where they put you in low power mode and turn your battery yellow. This is more like putting you in a lower power mode based on how your battery is doing overall to help extend your day. And yeah, we're not going to let you know about it. Last episode, I said, what was more likely? A rogue process running in RAM causing issues for some user or Apple deliberately slowing down devices as batteries get older? Well at least according to Geekbench results, the one that seemed like crazy speak is not so crazy anymore. And let me just wipe this egg off my face. Hopefully Apple will address this issue publicly and soon. File this next one under no duh. Amazon said the following, quote, Prime Video has been a hit with Apple TV customers around the world it had the most first-week downloads of any app in the history of tvOS, unquote. Now, Amazon did not supply any actual numbers to back that up, and Apple is not saying anything about it either. However, it is very likely someone at Apple said on a call to someone at Amazon, congratulations on your app being the most downloaded in the first week all time for tvOS. And Amazon just ran with it. Although some are saying it was actually Apple that was originally talking to a PR company that just so happens to work for Amazon that got this story with some legs. Again, it really is a no-duh. Amazon Prime Video was the biggest gaping hole in the Apple TV ecosystem, and that hole has been plugged. For the record, I still do not get why some people complained about this Amazon Prime Video app. I think it works great. Hey, come on, comrade detective. Is it so bad it is good or what? Guess now that Apple purchased Shazam, we need to talk about it when there are updates. So here we are. Shazam updated their app on the 19th with a new way to save song snippets when your iOS device is offline, then automatically identify them once your device is back online. When could this possibly happen, you ask? Well, in an elevator, of course. There you are. The kick butt music song comes on and it is driving you nuts trying to figure out what it is. In the old days, you are dead in the water, in that metal box with no reception. But now, you can record that snippet on Muzak, get to the lobby, reconnect to the world, and find out, yes, yes, that really was Aqualung on Muzak you just heard. Thanks to Shazam for all of us ever tortured by Muzak in a moving metal box with no cell reception. You have made that one pain point in my life go away. If you were sitting on a park bench hoping to buy someone some AirPods for Christmas and are the type that likes to wait to the last minute, well, no soup for you, or at least very, very little soup. AirPods are showing sold out on most locations with delivery not until sometime in January. Considering that they work really, really well, and if you ask anyone that has them what they think of them, you're going to hear them gush about how great they are. It is understandable why they are hard to get this year for Christmas, because you know, it's not like Apple had a year's experience trying to build them or anything. So if you're there looking to buy something for Jethro at the last minute, there is always the Apple TV 4K or some Beats headphones. So as I said, you can't buy AirPods last minute. 
but you can buy an iPhone 10 last minute as Apple is offering next day delivery on all iPhone 10 models. Again, expect word on the street to turn to lower demand and not better supply. We'll find out more the end of January. I want to thank StoryWorth for sponsoring today's episode. StoryWorth is where they will send you or someone you choose a different question each week for a year. And then at the end of the year, they pull all of that together and make a very nice hardcover printed book with answers. My dad turned 80 years old this past year. And back for Christmas in 2016, a year ago, StoryWorth was one of the gifts I purchased for him. It has been fun watching the questions come in as I am copied on the questions. One question was, what were your favorite toys as a child? My dad always plays the I was so poor card when he was young. I imagine it will be an answer, something like an empty tin can with a rock in it. It'll be interesting to see what he actually does say. My dad was not the most talkative growing up because, well, he didn't want to interrupt my mom. So some of my dad's past is not as clear as my mom's. Plus, he lives in New York and I live in Kansas and my kids don't get as much access to their granddad as we would all like. This book will be great in teaching them a bunch about their grandfather and me about my dad. For when my dad answers the questions, he has two options. Send them via email or phone in his answers. My dad is not the best typist, so he has been phoning that in. You can also upload photos for the book. When the questions are done and the hardcover book is ready, I plan on not getting just the one copy that you get when you sign up, but purchasing the extra copies for the other grandkids who can then pass them on to his great-grandkids and great-great-grandkids and so on. If you are looking for a great last-minute gift and one that keeps giving all year long, StoryWorth is something I highly recommend and it is a lot less money than an iPhone 10. Hey, even if you finish your shopping, get this for your parents or grandparents or significant other or for yourself to pass on. This is a great legacy book that will be passed on to future generations. Go to storyworth.com slash TII to save $20 off the purchase. Again, go to storyworth.com slash TII to save $20. It's always fun when you get a sponsor that you are already a customer of. Hey, Rob. This is Stan in Kentucky. Uh, listening to episodes 450 and 451, you were sort of downplaying the uh, HomeKit uh, app uh, and applications from Apple and wondering about the one person that actually uses them. So I thought I would call in and say I'm the one person apparently. Uh, but it is important to update to iOS 11.2.1 for the uh, shared access uh, because if you do have multiple users in your home with different Apple IDs, then they would no longer be able to share access to any of the HomeKit devices, whether that be thermostats or lighting or garage door openers or whatnot. And then also, it is important also to update the TV, the Apple TV, because that actually works as a hub for all of your automation scripts. If you're running automation scripts in your home, turning lights on at a certain time or other activities, you either have to have an iPad at your home turned on all the time, or if you have a Apple TV, it actually works as a hub in your home. So uh, I think you know the Apple infrastructure in the home is going to really take off over the next several years. So there will be more and more of us uh, using the HomeKit, HomeKit apps, and HomeKit appliances. So I think it's going to be increasingly important. 
that we that we keep up uh, with with these activities. But anyway, thanks uh, for the opportunity for my one vote for a HomeKit user. Appreciate the show. It's well worth the cost that we pay for the subscription, and uh, you have uh, happy holidays. Bye. Hi, Rob. Stan again from Kentucky. And one other thing I failed to mention is that uh, with the introduction of the HomePod next year, I think you will also see uh, another proliferation of uh, the Apple infrastructure inside our home uh, and outside of the handheld iOS devices. So just uh, just keep that in mind as we go forward. Thanks. Have a good day. Stan, thank you for taking my bait, and thanks for the feedback. I'm glad I was able to get one HomeKit user out there to call in and give some feedback on their thoughts on HomeKit. If you are the other, or if there's more than another HomeKit user out there, give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. And let us know what your favorite HomeKit device is and why. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. Patrick asked about voiceover and Bluetooth headphones. I use mono one-ear-only Bluetooth device made by Plutronics, the M70. An alternative is the M165, which has more features, slightly better microphone. These have the A2DP technology, which enables one to hear voiceover and music through the device. Both compare with up to two devices, meaning if you have, say, a watch and an iPhone, they will switch between these. Important, too, is that the controls are fully accessible whilst they also speak which device they are linking to and features like the state of the battery. The one headphone links over the ear securely. I'm sure lots of people will send in this information. Happy holidays. Regards, Julia. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. I really enjoy the aftershocks. I listen to the podcast and music on them while walking. It doesn't obstruct my sound, and I can still get my coffee without having to take my head off my headphones. They go against the bone, and but not in the ear. Regards, Jonathan B. And I really should have thought about mentioning the aftershocks when I was reading Patrick's email because I have them as well, and they do a great job. And yes, they, they're not in your ear. They're not over your ear. They're next to your ear, and you hear through the bone induction, which is great. But when you're not using them and you have them on your head, there is no degradation in ambient sound around you. So, yeah, absolutely would recommend the Aftershocks. I really do like them. They are the second pair I use other than my AirPods. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. I know you recommend force quitting all apps in the background in preparation of an iOS update. But what about individual apps as they are updated from the App Store? Regards, Bryant. Claremont, way too warm for December, Florida. Well, Brian, yes, I do also recommend you force quitting out apps before you go through and do the upgrade to the apps in the App Store. So before you go to the App Store app, force quit all your open apps. This way you're not trying to upgrade an app that's already open in the background. Most apps, it really won't matter, but some apps act a little flaky when you do the upgrade with the app open, and then sometimes you have to redo the upgrade. So yeah, Eliminate one potential problem by just simply force quitting an app before you do the upgrade on it. Hi, Rob. Was wondering if you have heard or if anyone listening has had an issue to where the time when set correctly to where I am, which is central, randomly every once in a while I'll notice that my time has changed to a different time zone. It will not reset with just the phone or launching Safari, but have to go into settings and turn off auto set time 
and then back on, and then it changes it back to the correct time. Was just wondering if anyone else was having this issue and what they do to fix it, if they've got it fixed. Included are two screenshots, which I took uh, with the wrong time, and then after I turned off and on settings, and no, I didn't cross state lines to a different time zone in case someone might be wondering. Oh, and I'm on an iPhone 6 Plus, awaiting funding to upgrade. Thanks for all you do. Regards, Tim. Well, Tim, I have not had this issue. If anyone out there has had this issue and or knows of a fix for the said issue that Tim is having, please give us a call. 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Or shoot an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Hi, Rob. It's Steve from L.A. I was listening to the show. I think it's the second to last about the delay of the Apple HomePod. Uh, if anyone out there has their Apple, I think they were the hi-fi speakers from 2006. Remember that keynote? Remember those gorgeous speakers? Well, we got the uh, Amazon Echo Dot, and we put it right up where the iPod used to go in, and it covers that space. And uh, we have the most magnificent system now. While we're waiting for the Apple HomePod, we have the uh, Amazon Echo Dot on top of those Apple Hi-Fi speakers, and it is fabulous. So just want to throw that out there if anybody kept their speakers from 2006. Have a good holiday season, and Happy New Year to everybody. Thank you. Steve, thanks for the feedback. Amit Dariani from RBC Capital and a regular analyst that covers Apple and asks questions on the conference calls each time. He put together a survey in China around the iPhone 10, and he found 62% of respondents were interested in buying the high-end iPhone 10 versus just 28% in the company's U.S. survey. Given that most other surveys slash data shows in the U.S. over half the iPhone 10 sold were 256 version, kind of puts their survey methodology into question, but I digress. This survey is kind of being used to tout that the iPhones are not overpriced. Actually, the title of the article this was coming from was, quote, iPhone 10 price premium fears overblown. Strong demand continues in U.S. China, unquote. But just because someone in a survey says they were more interested does not mean they will actually buy said item. More people in a survey are interested in the Tesla Model X versus the Tesla Model 3. But that doesn't mean they're going to buy either one. But sure, I am much more interested in the Model 10. X, I guess, yeah. Tesla, it's an X. Apple, it's a 10. Love me those gold wings. And sure, lots of people are interested in the iPhone 10 with 256 gig, but that does not mean lots of people have intent in China or the U.S. to spend the money to get one. Now, don't get me wrong. I hope that there is no issue with pricing, and there are lots and lots of demand for the 256 gig iPhone 10. But I'm starting to think some of these analysts are going to too much trouble to say that there's no trouble. And that scares me, because that is usually when we see the pendulum swing the other way and there be trouble. This past week's price peaked at $177 for Apple stock. That might be the highest it goes to until after Apple's next conference call at the end of January, and maybe for quite some time thereafter. Full disclosure, I do own Apple stock, and I am long on Apple stock. 
but I did just sell some Apple stock this past week at $176.57 a share, so pretty close to the peak. Again, part out of a fear of too much positive reports coming from analysts. Yes, I was afraid that everything was too rosy. I hope I'm wrong, and I do fully expect to see some gloom and doom reports about lack of demand for the iPhone 10 coming very soon, very, very soon. That likely is going to drive down the pricing of Apple stock. Just saying. I want to do a shout out to Michael Stiebler, who released a long post on 9to5Mac titled, quote, a more accessible future, AirPods, hearing aids, and the audio technology to make it possible, unquote. If you are someone that uses hearing aids or may need to in the future or know someone that does now or will need to in the future, this is a really great read. I will not go into the article in detail or sections because it's too long and I don't want to steal Michael's thunder. I will give you the start of it, however, just to whet your appetite. Quote, Apple CEO Tim Cook has repeatedly stated his belief that technology should be accessible to everyone. For decades, Apple's products have shipped with accessibility features, proof that these values are deeply rooted in the company. Apple even launched a dedicated accessibility website in 2016, showcasing the stories of several individuals and how their lives have benefited from accessible products. One branch of accessibility that's received an increasing amount of attention is hearing. While iOS has supported hearing aids in some capacity for years, Deep integration with iPhone first became possible when Apple expanded its made-for-iPhone licensing program to cover hearing devices, unquote. Again, anyone interested in devices to help with hearing issues, this is a great read. Kudos, Michael. Thank you for making that article possible and pulling all that information together. Link in the show notes for episode 452. Another week, uh, another prediction for 2018 by Ming-Chi Kuo. No wonder this guy gets predictions right. He makes so many of them. This time, it is with regards to Apple AirPods. He thinks a new version will be introduced in the second half of 2018, just in time to not be available for the 2018 holidays. He really does not go into what changes, other than to say it will change. Um, okay. How about a change to make these things actually mass-producible, as they seem to have been in some sort of supply constraint since 2016? Hi Rob, this is James Sapphire from London, England. I've got a question regarding my third-generation Apple TV. I used to be able to use the AirPlay feature from my iPhone 7 Plus to stream movies via the Safari web browser. Now, for some reason, the AirPlay only works for about five minutes. Then it disconnects, and I have to go through the frustrating part of pausing the video and then resetting up the AirPlay. I thought the best way to resolve the issue would be to do a hard reset on the Apple TV. So I went through that procedure, hoping it would fix the problem. But it hasn't. I am up to date on the software with the Apple TV, and so is my iPhone. So I was wondering if anyone else out there was experiencing the same problem, or whether or not I should look at returning this back to the Apple Store. Thanks very much, and keep up the great work. See ya! James, thanks for calling in, and sorry to hear about issues. I actually had that with the third generation as well, and the problem went away when I upgraded to the Apple TV 4K. So I did not find a solution to that. If someone else does know of a solution to that, give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG, or shoot an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Back to the email bag. Hey, Rob, I like how guided access locks your device to one app, but I think this feature could be enhanced. I would like the ability to choose how many apps the iPhone is locked to. 
This would be great as you could select, for example, three apps your kids enjoy. And if they get bored with one, they can just change to another. Regards, Steve in Brisbane. Nice idea. We'll see if Apple ever integrates that in the future. Hi, Rob. I am a returning listener. I used to listen when I had my iPod Touch and was supported, but after it was left behind, I stopped listening. I was given a hand-me-down iPhone 4S recently from my brother-in-law, which I now I use now, but I am still way behind the latest iOS. On Black Friday, I bought a new iPhone SE 32 gig for Christmas gift for myself, and I will be finally caught up with the latest iOS. The question I have now is how long do you think the iPhone SE will be supported? Do you think it will be able to use iOS 12 or I, or even 13? Glad I can listen to your podcast and it will be relevant to me again. Keep up the great work. Bert B. in Salt Lake City, Utah. Well, Bert, thank you for the, the questions. And the iPhone SE has an A9 processor in it. Compare that to the iPhone 5S, which has an A7. So you figure the iPhone SE will have two more years over the iPhone 5S. The 5S is still supported with iOS 11. However, there is a good chance that will be it for the iPhone 5S, meaning the iPhone SE should, in theory, be supported in iOS 13, which means you will be able to use the latest version until the fall of 2020. At least you'll be up to date on the latest version until the fall of 2020. FYI, some rumors say the iPhone 5S will be supported with iOS 12. So if true, you could see support for your iPhone SE until iOS 14 and the fall of 2021. But conservatively, I would say iOS 13 and the fall of 2020 before you are not on the latest version of iOS anymore. Hey, Rob, this is Justin from Pennsylvania. I wanted to respond to one of the callers talking about the battery life he's getting on his iPhone 10. I can say for sure I was looking at mine because I had a really long day today. I was looking at my statistics in my battery app. I am, it says I've used the phone for 14 hours and 41 minutes, and it said it's been in standby for 15 hours and 56 minutes. And that's my current battery level is sitting at 30% with all that. Now, I do a lot of listening to things. I did a little bit of direct TV, watched a little direct TV on it. I was pretty heavy day today, and I uh, was at work where I get low cell coverage, so I actually lost a good bit of battery for having a low cell signal. I mean, I could just say, and I, I let my my screen run on using the, you know, the brightness setting, the, the new paper, whatever that is, the... Uh, where it goes the ambient light and stuff like that. And my brightness is down low when I'm in low light, and it goes up high when I'm in outside. So, I mean, that brightness has to make a huge difference in what you're getting in battery, because um, I'm getting really good battery life right now. And I know it's a brand-new phone, but even still, I feel like this might be one of the best battery lights I've gotten on any of my iPhones. Just wanted to give out a little bit of comments, sort of give another opinion on the battery, so... Thanks a lot, Rob. Love the show. Uh, talk to you later. Bye. Justin, as always, thank you for your feedback. Hi, Rob. After your comment, I am noticing the battery is not lasting as long and needs charging during the day, even though I keep turning off the display. Merry Christmas, Don H. So there was a counter thing. So but I, I would say most people that have written in, called in, 
and my own personal experience is the iPhone 10 battery life, phenomenal. Uh, now, it's not everybody, but the vast, vast majority of people that have written in have said iPhone 10 lasting them all day long, and then some. Back to email bag. Hi, Rob. I'm a long-time listener and Apple fanboy. I own iPhones, iPads, and Macs. The one thing I could use some advice on is how to decide if getting Apple TV makes sense. I have DirecTV, but it can go down with bad weather on occasion. Frequently, movies on demand can have a long download time. So how do you decide if Apple TV makes good economic sense? If I list the typical channels I watch and specific shows I like and include premium channels, is there a simple way to compare costs? And how do you know if you can get local news too without being connected to cable or satellite? I guess sometime uh, dedicated on your show to going over how to figure out cost of getting access to Apple TV content to compare that to cable satellite would be helpful. Regards, Brent from Greensboro, North Carolina. Well, Brent, I, I don't know what to tell you on the local news when it comes to Apple TV, uh, unless your local news station uh, or local channels have their own apps and make their content available. Chances are you're not going to get your local uh, content on your Apple TV. Apple TV is more about time-shifted content and aggregation of different networks. So you can get the CBS app. This way you can see the new Star Trek series plus some other CBS content that goes behind paywalls and other things. Um, and then you have two versions of CBS app. You can pay where you, you get some commercials at a lower rate and then a higher rate and get no commercials. So there's that with the, uh, that app. And there's other apps, though, that require for you to get access to the content to have a cable provider. So cutting the cord, not having DirecTV means in some cases, certain apps like the History Network app or, or others like that, where you have to register it with who your uh, cable provider or your dish network is uh, in your account so that you can get access to account. Without those accounts, without having dish or cable, you're not going to be able to use some of the apps for TV content in the Apple TV app. Now, some you can. CBS, you can go pay right off the bat and, and get access to content. And, and obviously, Netflix and Hulu Plus, obviously the Amazon Prime Video app, so mentioned CBS app, and you've got uh, the HBO app, and, and a few other premium, or Showtime app, of course. And there are some other premium content apps out there. Where you're going to hit issue is where you get an app like the AMC app, where it's going to ask for your cable provider, or you, in the case of DirecTV, DirecTV. Uh, there are certain apps where you need to have a cable or some sort of television subscription service already to get access to that content. But I do hear from people quite often that they say they are cable cutters and they're moving away from cable or direct TV and they're just going with Apple TV and paying for the premium channels that they want. Again, the issue there is you're not going to get all of it. Uh, although if you get Hulu Plus, that'll cover you for a lot of those uh, TV uh, specific channel apps I mentioned. And so if you got Hulu Plus, if you got HBO, you got Showtime and you got the CBS app and you got Netflix, 
it's a lot of content. That's going to just take up more time to watch the content you're going to get there on those specific apps than otherwise. I don't know for sure about ESPN, if you can purchase ESPN a la carte. I would imagine you can. It's, and soon Disney's going to have their own subscription service. So I imagine once Disney rolls out their own subscription service, if ESPN is still part of Disney, that would be available through the Disney subscription service. will be interesting to see, but I would imagine that might be the case. I really think, per your question, the one place where things are going to fall down for you is in local television. And you're going to have to get an over-the-air digital cable or digital box from, well, they had a Radio Shack, a Radio Shack. And then you can watch your local television via the digital TV that's over-the-air these days. Hey, Rob, this is Gil from Boston. I have a question for you. Since I upgraded to the very first version of iOS 11, and ever since then, when I get a new message coming in on my iPhone 7, the screen is not lighting up, and I, I don't get any alert sound or any vibration of the phone in my pocket. So I, you know, if I go, if I'm expecting a message, and I go and look, it's there. On the home screen, it shows up as an alert, but if I'm not expecting something, I don't know that it's come in because I'm not getting those usual visual, audio, or sensory clues at all. I've gone into the settings under notifications and messages. Everything is turned on. It says allow notifications. I've set the sound. I've set the badge uh, app icon show on screen, show in history, etc. When I go to the settings for messages itself, there's really nothing there that would relate to this particular thing. So I'm baffled as to why I'm not getting any signal that a new message has come in. So if anybody can help me with that, I would appreciate uh, one of your listeners letting me know. Thanks again. Take care. Bye. Gil, thanks for calling in. The one thing you may want to look at is, do you have an Apple Watch, and do you have the notification set up for that? Because I've heard in the past that has caused a conflict. So take a look and see if you have your Apple Watch. Turn off all the features for your Apple Watch and see if that does the trick. Folks, if you have any other suggestions for Gil, give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG, or shoot an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Let's talk fake news. There is a fake screenshot being circulated and picked up and re-reported on that claims to say that Apple is not going to stop at just kicking out drag-and-drop templated app builder apps. But in twenty early 2019, they were going to go after apps created in software or other platforms like Xamarin, App Accelerator, uh, Trillion, and PhoneGap. Again, 100% fake news. That some sites re-reported this as real news is sad to say the least, but does not take much these days to trick people into reporting negatively on Apple. If anyone took the time to understand what Xamarin is and how it works, they would realize this was complete and utter BS. It is not a templated or module app builder. It is a tool to help you code apps with libraries. It's kind of, you know, like Swift in that regards. Yes, there are definitely differences, but both look like native apps once done, 
which if you remember my old interview with the folks from Xamarin, that was actually one with Miguel de Icasia, uh, which was on episode 423, 39 minutes mark in that episode. I probably talked about Xamarin and what it does the best, so you may want to go back and listen to that. But in any case, what we're talking about here, fake, fake news. No, there, Apple is not going to ban, at least no reason for Apple to ban apps from Xamarin or any of those other app builders we mentioned. Yes, Apple did say that they are going to crack down on the drag-and-drop templated app builders, though. Thanks once again to Texture for supporting the show. As I said before, Texture is essentially the Netflix of magazines. You get access to over 200 of the top magazines. And here is what's really important in the current environment. These are all real news publications. No fake news from either the right or the left or people claiming that Apple is deliberately doing this or doing that. We are talking real credible news magazines like Time Magazine, The New Yorker, Macworld, Popular Science, and many, many others. You know, the type that still believe in two verified sources before reporting something. But you only need one app and service to get all these great magazines, and that is Texture, T-E-X-T-U-R-E. And Texture really helps me keep track of the podcasting marketplace and the smartphone industry. That is the beauty of Texture. You get access to over 200 top magazines covering every niche with your subscription. And Texture has gone beyond delivering just the magazine itself. They've made it easy to find and enjoy the articles you want to read. With daily recommendations, exclusive interactive features, videos, and more. Texture's just $9.99 a month, and you get over 200 magazines. But if you sign up right now at texture.com slash TII, you'll get a 14-day free trial. The magazines look great on your iPhone and iPad, and that means you have access to all the magazines anytime, anywhere. And here is what I really like. You can search for a topic across all the magazines. Search for a podcast, sort by newest, and I can keep up to date on my day job. Why on earth would you subscribe to just one magazine or a couple of magazines when you can have all the best ones on your smartphone or tablet all the time for way less? Sign up for Texture right now and gain insider access to all the content from the world's best publications and no trees were killed to bring you these great publications. It's all just bits, man. Once again, go to texture.com slash TII to get your free 14-day trial get real news from real news sources. If you are a Redditor or is it Redditite? Well, in either case or in either case, the Reddit app gained a chat function to make trolling in real time all the more enjoyable. Live comments because trolling in real time is awesome. And theater mode, so the person next to you in the theater does not know you're trolling them. On the good side, for those that are moderators, uh, the app brings the, the ban hammer stronger to mobile users, allowing for mod mode, and that allows moderators to approve, remove, or flag content on the site from the app. And there is access to mod mail too, and beta moderator items like banning, banning, and oh yeah, banning. So these are new tools which have been made easier to. I guess, offset the new tools that trolls are going to enjoy? Actually, in all seriousness, thanks to all the volunteers that fight trolls and spammers on Reddit and other sites, and hopefully these new tools will make your job easier to get rid of the trolls or greatly reduce their numbers. Hi, Lord, it's Kim from 
Sarah Morgan, and uh, I am just calling in today how much I love the AirPods. I got them two days ago as an early, very early birthday present for my parents, and oh my gosh, they're awesome. They're so much better than Jelpa. I mean, seriously, there's no live in voiceover whatsoever. The fact that I can just have my phone plugged in across the room and just be listening to music or podcast or whatever is incredible. I am using the right AirPods to uh, make this call. Uh, the other one is plugged in to the little dental floss case thing. Actually, <laughs> it looks like the case of dental floss. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I love that I can use the lightning cable to charge the case. Oh my gosh, they are, they are just so awesome. And the packaging is just so wonderful. And um, the little AirPod release picture thing on the box, I would never really guess what that is. Although it might have helped if I had the box facing a different way, then I would have maybe had a clue. Anyway, because <laughs> I had no idea what they were. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, I, I love them, and uh, I cannot wait for iOS 11, because then I will be able to have one AirPod pause the music and play, and then the other AirPod will be able to do uh, next track, previous track, or Hey Siri, or whatever, which is awesome. I don't understand why people are all annoyed about the volume control not being on the AirPods. I don't mind taking on my phone and just really not even taking on my phone, just reaching my hand in my pocket and turning the volume up with the buttons on the side of the, on the, side of the phone. I don't think I hold customers to Anyway, just wanted to say that I love the AirPods. Thank you for all your news and information and keeping all of us up to date on really everything Apple-related. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Kim, thanks for your feedback. Back to the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. I'm having an issue with the music not displaying properly on my iPad Pro 12.9-inch 2017 model. When I select an album in my library, I only see the last part of the song's title. The album art and first part of the song titles are not there. Only when I rotate the iPad, that the album art and song titles are displayed properly. The music was synced over from my MacBook Pro 2013 model. And I have over 17,000 songs in my music library. I went to Genius Bar. They did a diagnostic. I was told the hardware was working properly and was told to do a restore as a new device, which I did, only to have the same issue. I returned to the Genius Bar and was told that the issue would be fixed with the iOS 11.2 update. So I had to say that the update didn't help. I am still dealing with this issue. When I close and reopen the music app, the album art and songs appear as they should. After selecting several other albums, the issue starts to happen again. I emailed Apple about this issue prior to iOS 11.2 iOS release. This is frustrating to say the least. I was wondering if you or any of the listeners have experience with this issue and if you can advise me on a solution. 
it would be very much appreciated. Below are two screenshots. First one is displaying the issue. The second one is the correct way that the album art should be displayed. Thanks for all the work you do. Take care. Regards, Paolo and Brazil. And Paolo, I have no clue. Sorry. I am clueless on how you, this is happening and why it's happening to you. I could not replicate this. But if someone has had an issue, as Paolo, Paolo described here earlier, please give us a call or shoot us an email. Let us know if you're having this and what you did to fix it, especially if, if you did fix it or if you haven't been able to fix it uh, and you've talked to Apple, if you've heard from them what they're saying the issue is. Uh, and Paolo, if 11.2.1 fixed your issue, let us know. But my guess is it hasn't since you didn't call in and say that it had. Hi, Rob. I'm trying to understand the changes in how Safari cookies work and the settings that relate to them. You used to be able to allow first-party cookies and disable third-party ones. Now it seems to be all or nothing in the settings with the option block all cookies. I have also read that Safari already blocks third-party cookies, so I'm completely confused. I'm also trying to understand the feature. Prevent cross-site tracking and what it does. Can you please confirm that leaving block all cookies off will now permit all types of cookies, regardless of whether they are first or third party? By having prevent cross-site tracking on, I have read some articles that talk about cookies disappearing from Safari after a certain amount of time. Apple seems unable to give me a clear answer on this. Could you please clarify regard Stephen Brisbane? Steve, let me tell you how I have mine set up. And this is under privacy and security. So if you go into settings app and then go to Safari, scroll down to privacy and security, I do have prevent cross-site tracking. This means they're not going to follow you from one site to the other, i.e. you go to B&H Photo, look at something, and now you, everywhere you go, that, that stupid ad for something you already bought shows up. Um, I do have block all cookies turned off. There's many uh, cases where having cookies is a good thing. So I do leave block all cookies off. I have ask websites not to track me turned on, fraudulent website warning turned on, camera and microphone access turned on, and check for Apple Pay turned on. So that is how I have my privacy and settings. So essentially, block all cookies is turned off. Everything else is turned on under privacy and security. But if anyone has any other suggestions for Steve, please give us a call or shoot us an email. Hey, Rob. It's Matt from Wisconsin. How are you? I remember one update they did release on a Saturday, and it was a very minor update that they put in iOS 7, and they really could have waited. Do you remember ages ago when they finally allowed SSL or Secure Socket Layer? That update was released on a Saturday. So it's been done. Enjoy the show. Take care. Hi, Rob. Just had an issue with my iPhone 10. I tried to close some apps on my iPhone while on a call, and I got the red up bar up each time trying to close um, would only then return me to the phone screen. This happened for each app that was open, regards Thomas in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, running iOS 11.2.0. Well, Thomas, run 11.2.1 and let us know if you still get that issue. Um, and was this an issue that was consistent or just a one-time thing? And if did you do a force reset network settings reboot? And does it still have those issues? 
shoot us an email, let us know, uh, again, if 11.2.1 fixed the problem or if doing a reboot fixed the problem. Hi, Rob, long-time listener. Thanks for all you do. Wanted to pass along two comments. First, I'm using an iPhone 10, but my work phone is an iPhone 6. I have to tell you, going back to a home button feels incredibly awkward after mainly using the iPhone 10. That didn't take long. You mentioned in episode 451 that 11.2.1 update didn't fix much beyond that remote access thing for that HomeKit guy. Well, I actually had issue that was corrected by 11.2.1 that was so odd and so random, I just had to pass it on. I used the iPhone 10 with the Kavja Dallas leather folio case. Great case, by the way worth taking a look at. When 11.2 update was installed, I noticed that my picture suddenly had become a bit blurry. And going through some troubleshooting, I found that if I remove the case, pictures were sharp. But if I put the case back on, the pictures were blurry. Then I contacted Kavja and they told me that the issue with the image was with the image stabilization that was inadvertently tweaked in 11.2 update. It only apparently affected iPhone 10 users using the Cava Dallas case. I have to admit, that uh, was a little skeptical. And they did offer to refund my money if, if I so choose. But upon installing 11.2.1 update, Everything went back to normal with the pictures being sharp again. How random a bug is that? Question mark, question mark, question mark. In any case, happy with the phone, happy with the case. Best wishes for a great holiday season. Regards, Randy York, Pittsburgh, PA. Randy, that is a strange one. Now, maybe there's some magnets in the case. So when the cover closes, I don't know. That's just, don't know why a folio case would cause an issue with image stabilization. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. I've been using the iPhone 10 for about a week now, and I am ready to provide some of my thoughts about it to you to share with your listeners in no particular order. First and foremost, I like it a lot. Very happy with the upgrade. I've adjusted nicely to the lack of a physical home button. I find the swipe controls to be pretty intuitive. While I haven't reached for a home button, at a simple glance, I have trouble orienting top of phone. If it doesn't wake when I look at it, well, I flip it over, and it tends to work, well, right side up. I set face ID with my glasses on. I must, as I can't see past my nose, without them. If I try to unlock my phone without my glasses or read a text up close, the iPhone doesn't recognize me and requires uh, me to put uh, back the glasses or put in the code. I assume my eyes don't adjust to the phone's requirements without glasses on. If I'm wearing my mask or glasses off, Face ID doesn't recognize me. I like the speed and ease of entering the backup code to get the phone access. it was something I didn't have to worry about, I guess. Uh, the speed and response of the phone is simply amazing. I did as you did and set it up as a new phone. It's a pain in the backside to reload all the apps that I want, but Keychain remembered most of my passwords to the apps that required it. The ones that uh, use cloud storage transferred my data to the new phone. 
My contacts are shared via i via cloud uh, by my iTunes account and loaded immediately. Thank you for your astute listener who answered my question to you, and I was able to load my ringtones easily. I just learned that I can use GarageBand to create my own ringtones from my purchase music. I need to learn how to do that. I haven't used a computer-based iTunes to backup, setup, or anything since iPhone 5, only cloud backup and setup. No issues so far. I don't even have iTunes set up on my computer anymore. I have accidentally taken a few screenshots if I pick up the phone just the right way or wrong way, as the case may be. But I'm very impressed by the battery life so far. I've had the 6 Plus prior and have adjusted to the different screen size and ratio just fine, no issues. Haven't watched any videos yet to have an opinion about that, but no complaints for general use. As previous callers stated, I wish they found a way to incorporate the percentage battery with the battery icon. I miss the alarm icon being visible when the alarm is set. You'd think that could be placed next to the display time display. Well, Rob, that's all I can think of at the moment. Thank you so much for the excellent podcast. I listen through it through the TI app and like getting the alerts when new episodes are available. I value your opinions and information and that of your listeners in aggregate. They really influence or help me immensely. Happy New Year to you and your listeners. Regards, Dave S. Thanks, Dave, for your feedback. What are you going to do for the holidays? Baking cookies for Santa. I hope he likes chocolate-covered mivlets and Zoltax and egg batter. What are you going to do for the holidays? I'm practicing my feats of strength. What are you going to do for the holidays? I'm trying to figure out which planet I left my elf on a shelf on. What are you going to do for the holidays? What I do every other day of the year. Chat with people around the world. What are you going to do for the holidays? I tried changing Rudolph's nose color to chartreuse, but he doesn't have home kit. What are you going to do for the holidays? I'm taking selfies for my holiday cards. Just kidding. I don't photograph well. What are you going to do for the holidays? I'm building snow robots, of course. Now where was that aluminum carrot? What are you going to do for the holidays? I'm wassling. I do want to wish everyone a happy holidays and safe new year. I may, may have an episode between Christmas and New Year. Depends if you folks send in feedback about what you received that's iOS-related for a gift this holiday season. So send in your favorite gift that you gave or received, and we'll talk about some of those on the next episode. So your feedback will determine quite a bit if we have another episode before the end of the year. Otherwise, it's probably going to be sometime the first week of January. Uh, so either I will talk to you right before or right after the New Year's. To everyone that listens to the show and to those that contribute to the show, thank you for listening and contributing in 2017. Look forward to 2018 being a great year again for this show and for iOS-related items in general. Should be some fun new products next year. See what Apple does and can't wait to get my hands on the HomePod when Apple finally, finally releases that. If you like this podcast or other podcasts and want to become a podcaster yourself, I'm going to give you a little promo code here, PODCAST411. I don't get anything for this, but if you use promo code PODCAST411, the number four, the number one, the number one, PODCAST411, at Lipson.com, go to Lipson.com, 
and enter promo code PODCAST411. That will get you the rest of the current month free and all the following month free. So for example, sign up on January 2nd, you'll get the rest of January free and all of February free, and you won't have to pay until the end, until March 1st. So go ahead. If you want to be a podcaster, check out Libsyn. It's, it's without a doubt the best place to host a podcast. It's where all the big shows on iTunes. That's over 25% of all the downloads that went through iTunes come through Libsyn. No one else is even 10%. So check out Libsyn.com. Use promo code PODCAST411. Create your own podcast. And if you want to learn how to podcast, I have a free book for you. Go to the iTunes iBook store and just search for Podcast 101 from me and you will get all you need to know to start your own podcast. And again, promo code PODCAST411 will allow you to try it out for free at Libsyn.com. Thanks again to Texture for sponsoring this episode. Folks, go right now to Texture.com slash TII to get your free 14-day trial with access to well over 200 of the best and most popular magazines. And before we go today, I want to remind you to send in your feedback to the show, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG, or record your feedback and email to the show at todayinios at gmail.com. The feedback can be a question or comment about something someone said on this episode, or it can be a question around you have about something else, an app, a product review, good or bad. As long as it is iOS-related, it is welcomed. I'm always looking for new artwork to feature on the show that you've created on this device. Just put some TII branding on it and send it in. And of course, we're always looking for more music created on an iOS device to play on the show. It's your show and your feedback is greatly desired. So don't forget to check out our moderated Google Plus community by going to todayinios.com slash community. And a quick reminder, if you are an app dev or an iBook author, email me if you would like to get your app or iBook featured in the promo giveaway segment for free. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com and please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app or iBook indicating you are the dev or author. Also, when you send in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. Thanks again to StoryWorth for sponsoring this episode. Christmas is almost here. Get your significant other, get yourself, get your kids the best Christmas present ever, best holiday present ever. Please go to storyworth.com slash TII to save $20 off the purchase price. It really is something I can get behind. It's something I bought for my own father. It's a legacy item. You will love it. Finally, check out the TI app, which is free to you. Search for TII in the iTunes app store. It is the best way to consume the show and to get push notifications each time a new episode of TI is released. It's fully voiceover friendly, of course. Please go right now and download the TI app or get the update. Actually, there's a new update that's going to be out soon. Hopefully, maybe by the time the next episode is released. And that uh, update is for the iPhone 10. So there is an iPhone 10 version. It is almost ready, and it should be out, maybe out any day now. Until next time, I'm your host, Rob, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for TII.